0: Hi, my name is Allie Williams and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living the leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world. But that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're going to discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. By 19-years-old Scottish firecracker, Liv launched and made $1 million from her home staging business, making her one of the UK's most admired teen entrepreneurs. Since leaving school early and starting her business at 16 years old, Liv has learned to face it till you make it and understands the importance of feeling confident in yourself. Today, we're going to talk about all of the keys to her confidence, the importance of asking for help, and learning to never take no as an answer. You guys are going to be obsessed with her. I know I am, and I'm so glad to call her a friend. Enjoy this episode with Olivia Conlon. Hello, Olivia. Holy cow. We are so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you for coming on the Right Up Your Alley show. Oh, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Um, It's funny being on the other side of the microphone because sometimes, you know, I'm interviewing people on my podcast, so I'm excited to be interviewed. (laughs) Heck yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. It's so
0: different, like going on someone's and then asking questions instead of facilitating. So honey, you're in great hands. Don't worry. That being said, I am pumped to have you here because you are so young, you are so brave, you're so knowledgeable, and you're a boss. So we're going to get right into it, girl. Tell us about your background. Where do you come from and what have you built?
1: Yeah, so obviously you can hear my accent is a little bit different. I'm from Scotland. So I grew up in Scotland and really yeah, my background in terms of business, entrepreneurship started when I was, say, I was about 13. I was in school, I launched my very first business. I was buying nails online fake nails, and then I was selling them on eBay and selling them at school. So my very first business was an eBay, but my real business, <laughs> the, the first one that actually like was a success, I started when I was 16. So I was in school, I had the grades to do whatever I wanted, college, but I decided that that was not the path for me. I was like so bad at taking direction from teachers or my parents. I was just like a bit of a rule breaker, a bit of a rebel. And I went into the careers office and they said like, oh, we see you're leaving at 16. What are you going to do with your life? And at that point, I'd come up with a business idea. It was a home staging company. um, And I said, that's what I'm going to go and do. And they said, Olivia, we think you're going to ruin your life. And really that for me was really a big, massive push to actually go and start the business. And the business idea was basically born because my mom had a property. She couldn't sell it. It sat on the market for three months. So we decided to stage it. And then the property sold within three days. That was the business idea. And I thought, like, this could really work if I could, like, start it. I had like no startup funds. I had obviously no degree. I had no experience. I had no portfolio. I was literally a 16 year old with a dream. I am a laptop. I cut all my hair to look older as well. Um, and I just went out and launched the business. And then from there, we hit $1.3 million in revenue by the time I was 19 per year. So I mean, that's the, the real quick overview of it. Obviously, there was a lot of tears, hard work. 18 hour days in between. But yes, it was a lot in a short space of time.
0: Yeah, that's literally insane. And I can't imagine, you know, having the character, honestly, as a 19 year old to like hold all of that together because that's a freaking lot. I think a lot of people look at money and they're like, oh, like that just means you're like rich or you can buy things you want. And it's like business is not like that, right? to have that kind of revenue, it just equates to a lot of character on your end being built and being facilitated and then like a lot to steward, a lot of people to help. And you did it with like, you still have so much humility and you are not afraid to be like, yo, I've done this because we kind of have to do that as women. I feel like sometimes you have to be like, hey, take me seriously. Hi, but Then on the other side, you know, it's given you so much to just build off of. So from there, I want to know, what is your secret sauce? What is the the sauce that you're
1: bringing into your new businesses and, and just who you are now? Well, it's such an interesting question and I feel like I could go down like so many different routes with this. But I think one of the things that I've uniquely been able to do is make something really small look really big and really put a magnifying glass on everything that I'm doing. Even when I started the business at 16, i was on social media and i was like i think that you love to use you're the hype woman like i was my own hype woman like i was going out and telling people like i was one of the first people to do this that this is going to like change their business their property business this is really going to change the game for them and what i done really there was, it was just me, but I made it look like I had like a massive team and I could really implement. And it's kind of that, you know, that statement, fake it till you make it. I don't like that, but it's partially true. It's sort of like face it till you make it. So it is facing those sort of growing pains, but also having sort of the guts and the gumption behind you to, to know that if you do commit to someone that this is what my company is going to offer you, you can deliver it. But I think Like you just said, I I will claim what I've done. Like I have built a $1.3 million business and I'm not going to hide that. But I'm also going to hype it up because we need to do that, especially as women, especially as a young woman, because if we don't do it for ourselves, then who will? So I would say the secret sauce is putting a magnifying glass on everything I'm doing Um, and creating a bit of fake hype until it becomes real. Yeah, it's so true. Well, and I remember two years ago hearing the quote,
0: like you have to clap for yourself before anyone else does. And I remember being like, like, no, I want other people to clap for me. And I was like, why the heck now, you know, years later, I'm like, why would someone clap for me if I am not so sold out for what I'm doing? Like, why would they be on my team? Right? If it's, you're just like, oh, well, maybe if you, if you want to maybe, you know, come over here and like, believe in me, it's like, no, Hey, I could change your life. If you say yes, then congratulations. If you say no, I'll see you later. So with that, you know, a lot of women were not taught that. And I don't want to get into that. You know, we all have different mentalities upbringings stances but I think it's so important like you just said to give yourself the permission first and foremost and as young women we get to do that and it's a freaking cool blessing to be like no no I will take that or no no I'm clapping for myself your doubt it's not welcome here thank you goodbye and cultivating that space that's what helps you grow and no one taught me that you know it was just like oh it just happens right it's like no you make it happen
1: yeah definitely and, and it's definitely a cycle. you know? know everything in life I feel is a cycle but once you once you start say you're claiming something and then it comes off you build the confidence to then go and do the next thing and the next thing um so you do need to to almost give yourself that little push forward at the start that acceleration then once you get that bit of success behind you it's going to push you on to the next thing build the confidence yeah and it just goes round and round like that until you are building you know six seven figure income and yeah you are where you want to be It's, it's living in your future self.
0: Yeah absolutely and knowing she's real that you're already her that's like the key to all of it like you didn't just like construct like what you can be it's like you already have her in you so like own it you know
1: yeah yeah show up show up as that person already and I guess that's where the sort of magnifying glass type you know you know formula comes from is that you know you need to put that on yourself first and then people will feel that believe it and that's why people think things are bigger than you've actually than they actually are
0: Mm-hmm. it's so true okay well from that you probably have in you know the magnifying glass in the building and the in between come up with uh, some really great stories so do you have a favorite <laughs> business story
1: <laughs> this is always my cool. favorite question <laughs> I mean I have I have some really different business stories ones that yeah could make me try thinking about them um some of the pain that I've went through to get there And then some like amazing ones. So one that I'll pluck off the top of my head was, you know, when I was starting out, I wasn't, I didn't always have this complete abundance mindset. I wasn't always living in that future self. I remember in particular one day that will always stand out in my mind. I was furnishing a property and I forgot to tell my delivery people that there was a sofa to pick up. Um, And they told me it was going to cost me like $40 extra for them to pick it up. And I was outraged at having to pay that. So I said, no, I'll go and get it myself. So I tried to get a full sofa into the back of my Mini Cooper, lift it up, four flights of stairs myself, like dragging it to save $40. And that is the day that I learned that, you know, you need to outsource and you need to have that bigger vision of where you want to go. I'm not going to build a million dollar business by lifting a sofa and taking up six hours of my days. And since obviously I've put that behind me, <laughs> I've changed that mindset. I've I've had some really surreal life experiences. Like I was invited to 10 Downing Street in the UK, which is a real honour. Sat next to the Prime Minister. I've interviewed the Netflix co-founder. I've just done insane things. I've just written a book. So yeah, but I just wanted to share that story because it didn't start out there. It started with me trying to save forty dollars. Um, and look what it's turned into. Like a published author at 22.
0: Yeah. I just – I drive a Mini Cooper as well, and I worked for Coca-Cola, and I would, like, just – I would bring cases and cases and cases of Coca-Cola with me because it was, like, any opportunity, man, like, I'm ready. I can do this. And I was, like, slinging them everywhere. And people were, like, whoa, you're really committed to this. Now I look back and I'm, like, no, I was stupid because I could have, like, worked with delivery guys. I could have, like, just (laughs) been more thoughtful and, like, strategic, but instead I was just, like, no, I live this. I breathe this. And it's almost, like, no – some healthy separation and delegation is like really key to scaling a business and being an actual business woman instead of just like the business itself. So amen. To that and like mini coopers for life love my little mini cooper um (laughs) well until i level up but i'll still keep it i don't know about you
1: (laughs) but yeah i don't don't actually have my mini cooper anymore it actually i put a, um, a bedside table through the front window of it so at that point i decided it might be time to get a bigger car and some van to the business but yeah i'm loving what you're saying like when you're building your business right at the start your pure hustle like you cut you in half and you're like pure hustle um it's in your blood but yeah you, it is like a transition to go from i'm gonna hustle my ass off i'm gonna do every single part of the business to yeah let's let's leverage some other people's time and money
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and no one yeah there's like a big bridge in between again being the business And then, like, running a business. And I really had to learn that because I glorified the hustle in an unhealthy way. I don't know about you, but I was like, I am hustle, you know? Yeah,
1: it was a a badge of honor. Totally.
0: And it's like, well, you're not in the dirt, so do you get it? And it's like, well, (laughs) yeah, no, that's incorrect, (laughs) you know? So anyway, from that, what obstacles have you overcome to get here? I know there have been so many, but is there anything that sticks out?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel like my biggest obstacle was right at the start of my journey. There's been obviously other things that have came up, but uh, I love touching on this because, you know, this nearly got me before I even got out of the starting gate. I was bullied badly at school, um, to the point that, you know, I was very, very unhappy. I didn't really want to continue life at that point. I was like, "What's the point?" Um, and yeah, it was really at school. I was bullied badly by a group of girls. Um, and yeah, they really away my self-worth I was probably picked on because I did shine my light brightly I was very confident I was good at most things and some people just don't take too kindly to that and to be honest it could have worked for me in two ways it could have held me back from doing anything with my life but what it did do for me was it propelled me forward and it gave me a bit of a driving force to actually say look this is me And actually, I'm going to go and find a group of more accepting people. And for me, that was entrepreneurship, because I think people who are entrepreneurs who do have this different mindset, we appreciate people like us, we embrace differences, we embrace being a little bit crazy. Um. So yeah, for me, that was a very, very challenging time. And it's came up again. I'm not saying if you become an entrepreneur that life is swimmingly amazing and everyone's lovely to you there's people online that aren't wishing the best for you um but again it's taught me how to deal with that and yeah how to cope with different personalities and and surround yourself with the right circle
0: Yeah. Amen. And I like to think of entrepreneurship. I was badly bullied too. A lot of us have similar stories and, you know, we all have our own path to get there, but I call entrepreneurship like my land of the misfit toys. Um, (laughs) And you almost, you almost need that, not chip on your shoulder, but that problem that makes you realize, wait, there's more. And so I always think of my bullying experiences and, you know, the different things that drove me. I'm like, Oh, thank God that happened. Not, I never want anyone else to walk through that. But then also it it shows you like there's solution and there's life beyond what is right in front of me. So I'm going to go get it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's very challenging to view things like that as we both know when you're you're in it, yep. but it's really trying to reframe it in your mind and reposition it that this is part of the journey and, I think it happens for a reason, because you're right. Entrepreneurs all have a story. There's very rarely an entrepreneur that you'll find that, you know, that was born into millions and had this really rosy life. And people don't want to follow people like that. People don't want to work with people like that. They want the underdog. And, you know, your mess becomes your message. And I I love that because that's the thing that people connect with you over is ultimately your story and your why.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. And your story and your why is often connected to the downfalls that almost (laughs) hit you, but they don't, you know. So if anyone is listening to this and you are in the middle of a mess, and I feel one thing that I needed someone to tell me is like, no matter what level you're in, there's a new mess. But, But you are a new woman. And when you are a level up within that, it's a lot less intimidating. And your truth and your worth are innate. They are so much bigger than what anyone says about you or any mess you're navigating. So just know that you've got it. And that doesn't mean it's perfect on the other side, but it means that you're bigger than what you're experiencing and you've got it. So from there, it takes a lot of courage to navigate these things. What does courage mean to you, Olivia?
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting question. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Brenny Brown and and her definition of it is, you know, courage is vulnerability. And I would say, it, it's the same for me like that's how I view it as being vulnerable putting yourself out there i um, and I think there's so many different ways to be vulnerable it's being vulnerable i um, obviously in your social media content and your actual business but I think for me in terms of for someone that wants to become an entrepreneur or who is and is looking to up level I've found like a lot of vulnerability in asking for help and I think it's something as females that we struggle for Uh, struggle to deal with and yes like looking for who can actually help me get to that next level and am I willing to reach out to them and say hey I'm Liv can you help me and I always really respect someone who would message me and say that because it's showing up for yourself um and yeah I would say that vulnerability is asking for help
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I teach and I know you're a coach too, but I teach a lot of entrepreneurs and there's a very stark difference between how women and men, not like, not always, but often show up. Whereas guys will message me, DM me when I'm doing something and say, how did you do that? Whoa, how did you do that? And I'm always like, oh, X, Y, and Z, you know? When I am talking with women, they will show interest, but they never ask how. They never ask for help. They never ask anything. And if I ever ask them, they're like, you know, I'm good, but thank you so much. And I'm like, girl, ask me for help. I have created a lot of assets that are free. And I want them for you because I didn't ask for help and then I drowned. So let me save you some time, you know? So anyway, it's powerful and it is courageous and it took me a long time. Did that It take you like a long time to get to that point of like, okay, yeah. help me.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's still like an ongoing process. Even like, you know, a guy offered to carry my handbag the other day, like down to the beach whatever. And I was like, uh, it was on the tip of my tongue to say, no, I'm fine. I'll do it myself because that has been that, that mindset as an independent woman who was brought up by an independent woman was always like, you do it yourself. You're a strong enough woman. We do not need a man to do things. And that's partially where the, my business successes came from because I want to do this for myself. I want to prove my worth as a woman to myself as well. Um, but there's also obviously a real vulnerability and a feminine power Saying, yeah, carry my handbag. It's not putting you like in a lower position or anything. But yeah, it's, it's still an ongoing thing that I constantly check myself on. And I think if you're always checking yourself and working on it and being aware of times that you don't accept help, then it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna help you get there. Yeah, it's so true. And what
0: I love that this conversation kind of has like two parallels that kind of like tie it into a bow. But thinking of old versions of ourselves who... We're throwing couches and Coca-Cola in the back of our Mini Coopers and then realizing like, wait, we can expand and, and we can ask for help and find the right people for that fit. Even to this, that, that it actually just takes vulnerability and also yeah. a permission slip within yourself to say, are you going to do all the finite details? Or are you going to create systems and trust the hands of others to take care of things so that you can be in your fullness? and. Yeah. I think that has been the largest lesson for me in entrepreneurship. Like, are you going to hold yourself back? Or are you going to give yourself permission? And yeah. are you willing to realize that it's bigger than you? Like, you're going to need help. You're going to need employees. You're going to need partners, you know?
1: Yeah, and I assume, Ali, you you too are a perfectionist. Like, my perfectionism has held me back from from doing things and Yeah, you're right. You are going to need help. You are going to need to ask for it. And at one point, you are going to have to accept you do not know everything. And not everything can be perfect. It's better being 80% perfect than it is not at all. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that 20%, that 20%, I had to learn this as a perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist, usually holds magic that other people are like, oh, did you? I love that you did that. And I'm like, that's the thing that I completely had a mental breakdown over. Before you walked in, and now you're pointing at it, and you think it's magical. Like what you know, but learning that and letting it be, letting what is be what it is, is a very beautiful skill. It takes a lot of courage, but yeah, as someone who I my perfectionism and my procrastination, those two self sabotage, they really hold each other's hand and like come in as a pair. They're like the ugly twin sisters that like always mm-hmm. walk into my life, and I'm like, get out. They they will keep you from what you're doing. But it also, if you're observing perfectionism or, or procrastination, it's because you actually already have it within you. You can do it. Allow yourself to do it with what you can. And Brene Brown says on her podcast, I don't know if you've heard this episode. It's called the FFT, the effing first time. And oh, after, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You have to, I'll send it to you. But it's for recovering perfectionists. And she says like, you have to, you owe it to yourself to do it the first time and for everything to be a disaster. And the whole time your, your thought process and your like mentality is this is an FFT. This is an effing first time and I'm going to let it be what it is because I'm brave enough to do it. So, oh, your thoughts, oh, your shame, oh, your criticism. Mm, it's not welcome here because I did it and I rock because I did it you can come back for try number three and give me some, you know, constructive criticism. But today I was brave enough to do it. I conquered perfectionism. I co- conquered, you know, my like need to, to push it off and push it away. And so I think with women like us too, it's just like, just do the damn thing. Like do yourself okay. a favor, just do the damn thing. And then see what happens because it's going to be better than you expect.
1: Yeah. Launch it, do whatever. Yeah. And don't wait around until even like, or pod, my podcast. Like I didn't have any of the equipment. I didn't have a clue if it was going to work, but I just done it. And that, yeah, as a, you know, a recovering perfectionist, that is a lot to let go of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. But it's, but it's also one of my favorite parts of both of us now, because it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect to be good. And that's what we want. Right. So what advice do you have for someone who wants to live like that, to do some of the things that you've done to be brave enough? What advice do you have for them?
1: Oh, love it. So yeah, for someone that really wants to become an entrepreneur, take the leap or launch that business that that they've been thinking about for a long time. And, you know, there's been a recent study done where I'm from in the UK and it's that, you know, over 60% of females don't launch the business because they don't have the confidence and the belief that they can do it. And I think that is such a devastatingly high figure that 60% don't believe that they can. Um, And, you know, as I was sort of mentioning earlier, that cycle of you will only gain belief from taking action. Um, So I didn't really believe I could do it either. I mean, see, when I sat down when I was 16, I created a vision board and I put that I had a goal of turning over 30 $30,000 $30,000 by 2018. And 2018 is the year that we hit $1.3 million. So you can see how we beat our goal by one $1,270,000. I did not have the belief I could ever do that. But I took consistent daily action and then the belief slowly built, it's not going to be something that you wake up tomorrow and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do what live done. I'm going to build like a million dollar home staging business. It's not going to happen. But if you put consistent action in daily, whatever that looks like to you, maybe it's setting up your social media profiles, maybe it's taking like 1% action a day, then yeah, in 12 months time from now, you will have the belief that you can build something bigger than what you did yesterday.
0: Yeah. Amen. and. We lean into that until one day, you're just gonna look around and be like, holy crap. But those those are all built on, like you just said, the little actions and you gotta just focus on that. How can we support you? So you are building, you are lifting off and you're just getting started, girl. So how can we come alongside you as a community?
1: Yeah, so I'm on all the social platforms, which I would love for you to join me on. Follow my journey, because I'm always sharing, you know, behind the scenes, what I'm up to. I'm some tips of, you know, things that I'm learning along the way. And I think it's always important to sort of share what you're doing to people that are a few steps behind. I'm um, so yeah, follow me on Instagram at Olivia Conlon. If you've connected with this podcast at all, always just reach out with a DM. Tell me where you found me um, because I love hearing other people's stories and and helping people along the way if I can.
0: That's awesome. Well, we can do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. And I can't wait to see what the future holds.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having
0: me, Ellie.